a listener production. Well, he did it. Uh, hello, everyone. It's Angus here. And, of course, I'm talking about our boy Dylan Alcott as he flies back, as I record this, back to Australia after winning the US Open, which, of course, meant completing the Golden Slam. Before Dylan left to go overseas uh, for Tokyo, we actually spoke about how he felt about the Golden Slam, of course, having two huge hurdles to get there first, the Paralympic gold medal and the US Open. And this is what Dylan had to say about the Golden Slam before boarding a flight to Japan. Yeah, it's going to obviously... Super excited to get there, have a crack. Everyone's crapping on a bit about the Golden Slam, which mm. um, potentially could put pressure, but I used to think about those achievements and have expectations on myself to achieve them, but the only expectations I have on myself is to be the best that I can do now, and maybe I've won, maybe I haven't, but I do know that I'll have a red-hot crack. So, For people who don't know what the Golden Slam is, it's not very well known because – the Golden Slam would be winning all of the major tennis tournaments in a calendar year, right? But can it only be a Golden Slam on an Olympics year? Correct. Yep. There's only one person who's done it. Do you know who it is? Novak. Oh, Novak came close. No, he lost. Okay. Steffi Graf. Wow. And Novak obviously had a crack and he fell through and uh, didn't didn't get it done. So, yeah, hopefully, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully this, hopefully this age as well hmm. could be a very bad intro otherwise. <laughs> After... Tokyo, you're going straight to the US Open. I'll, I'll miss the closing ceremony. We finish, we have a day to get on the on the froffies and then straight to New York for the US Open. Mm-hmm. It's going to be going to be busy. So I've already won the career Grand Slam, which is you can win them whenever. I've won them all of these twice, but I've never done it all in the same year. I had the opportunity to do it at the US Open in 2019 and I choked it up and um, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So now I've changed my mentality around it. It'd, it'd be obviously awesome, but if I wasn't able to do it, you know, the sun still comes up and I'll still have this awesome podcast and I'll still unfortunately have to hang out with you. So, you know, <laughs> life goes on. It's huge. Between the Australian Open, Wimbledon, the French Open, get a Paralympic gold medal and the US Open all in the same calendar year is a historic effort. And this is what Dylan had to say at Flushy Meadows after they put the microphone in front of him and the realisation that he'd done it. I used to hate myself so much. I hated my disability. I didn't even want to be here anymore. And I found tennis and it changed and saved my life. And now I've become the only male ever in any form of tennis, I think, to win the Golden Slam, which is pretty cool. Thanks for making a young, fat, disabled kid with a really bad haircut. Um, thanks for making his dreams come true because I can't believe that I just did it. Thank you, everybody. Now, I'm sure you have, but if by chance you did miss the moment that Dylan did scull a beer at centre court at the US Open, into his trophy that he just won, it is hilarious and it's on our Instagram. Check out at Listenable Podcast. But this episode isn't obviously just about Dylan's incredible tennis feats. It's about the stories of people living with disability. And the technology involved in this guest's disability had Dylan and I flabbergasted. We couldn't believe some of the capabilities that his particular device allows him to do in 2021. We hope you enjoy this episode of Listenable. My name is Nathan Borg and I'm Australian actor and I have a disability. I am hard of hearing or you can say I'm deaf. Cool. Now we'll get into your uh, disability and stuff soon. But you said you're an actor. What are you acting on at the moment? I'm on Neighbours. He's on Neighbours, baby! I'll get it out of the way. Oh, yes. wait a second. The longest Hang running on. soap opera in Australia. Really? Yes, it is. Can we just get a quick poll? Uh, no, don't take this away from me, bro. <laughs> Do not take this away from me. So, Nathan. Yes. There's no bigger fan of Dylan Orcott than himself. 
Uh, he Please, constantly please. likes to remind me, put your hand up if you've got over 100,000 Instagram followers, put your hand up if you've uh, spoken to the Royals. But for the first time, I can finally say this. Put your hand up if you've been on Neighbours. Oh, my God, you've been on Neighbours as well. You haven't been on Neighbours? Yeah, I have. What? I've been on Neighbours. Oh, really? for f- <laughs> That was my moment. <laughs> you've been on Neighbours? Yeah. I taught Liam Hemsworth how to play wheelchair basketball. Oh, and it's a oh. better story than me hanging out with Stingray. Yeah. Oh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Nathies. This was my one moment to interact yes. with a guest oh. and be similar. Liam Hemsworth as well? I'll tell you the story. I, want to hear I don't want to hear the story. It's not you. Who cares about you? You know what? Nathan, congratulations uh, on getting the role in Neighbours. How long have you been on Australia's longest running soap opera? Um, it's about, I think, five months now. So okay. I'm only fresh there. But how far um, ahead are you? Yeah, we are three months ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, I started in October. On air or filming? Filming. Okay. And then I came out on air in end of January. And um, it's so funny because the storylines I see now is what we filmed last year yeah. during COVID. And I'm so ahead of my storyline now, so it's funny to see it on TV. Do you find it difficult when people ask about your role and you have to remember what they've seen versus what they yeah, haven't? Good question. I have to be very careful mm. what I say. Um, but yeah, it's very that's a very difficult part. You're like, oh, you know, what about when I have this conversation with Harold oh. at, the, at the tuck shop? And you're like, they're like, I don't remember that conversation. No. Like, yeah. oh my God, that's coming out. Can in you April. believe that Lasseter's blew up? Every three years. <laughs> is your is your character in the show hard of hearing and deaf as well? Yes. Yes. Okay, so they built the character around that, which is cool. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think right now. Yeah. Is there any actors in Australia with a cochlear implant or who would not no. no. No, no. So um that's why I approached I approached to yeah. neighbours um about this character and storyline and I just believe that, you know. We needed that and needed a change for the industry as well and, you know, push, you know, for diversity as well. How do you go about emailing neighbours and going, hey, neighbours, I'm your guy, write me into the show. Tell me how that happens. Um, so I, I called and I was very nervous. I literally was like, oh, um, I'm an actor. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I have a storyline for you. And they're like, oh, cool. And then, um, and then I started talking to the producers about the storyline and that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, we worked on it for a year. So I had to keep it a secret for yeah. a year because I knew about it. And um, and the audition, when I did the audition, it was interesting because usually when you do an audition, it's for a character. But I didn't have a character. I had to mm. come in as myself. Did they find out you could act before committing to the year-long storyline? Because wouldn't it be shocking if you made this incredible storyline, everyone's yeah. pumped on it, mm. and then you go, hey, everybody, it's me. Mm. Nice. You know? Well, I I did audition for Neighbours back in 2018. Oh, okay. For an able-bodied role for a non-deaf part? Okay. The audition was actually just an open audition. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. just looking for talent. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes, at the time, yeah. Once you've written in that storyline, mm-hmm. how much did they allow you to dictate how your story came out. I didn't have the say of how the character was going to be or the storyline, but I do have the say of what's going to happen with my character. If there's something around his deafness and around his cochlear implant. Um, So like if I get the script and I'll read 
the lines and I will make sure that it's appropriate. Okay, cool. We like that. Especially inclusive terminology and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, we always try to show that Curtis, with his disability, that he can work as hard as anyone else at the school as well. Yeah, Like that. Before the role then, so you wanted to do acting as it is. Have you studied acting or what was your, I guess, lead up to getting this role in terms of your career? Yeah, yeah. So um, I did lots of like just training beforehand for about six to seven years. It must have been a conversation that you had with friends and family about whether it really was a career path though, right? With your disability. Yeah. Did you get told immediately when you told people, I want to be an actor, was the first thing they said is, here's the roadblocks or were people straight away going, this is going to be something that you can pursue? Family and friends were obviously supportive and then some uh, courses and stuff like that. I had some professionals that Mm. weren't supportive at all. For example, I got kicked out of a, a full-time acting course um, because of my disability, which was, um, yeah. Well, winded back, why? What did they say to you? It's interesting. I did the first year there. Then I went to do my second year and I was in class and the acting coach was like, oh, I need to talk to you outside. And I thought that was a bit strange. And um, she sat me down and she was like, is this what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she was like, well, you have a disability, you're deaf. There's no diversity on Australian screens. It's not going to work for you. You've got to have a different career. And I wasn't, I didn't have the choice to come back. And it was really hard because I had to go back into class to pack up my stuff. And she told everyone that oh. I chose that choice, which I didn't. Was this and in the 1970s? Mm. When was this? So I was 18. So what's that? I mean, 18. you look like you're 18, so was it last month? 2018. 2018. Wow. 18, 19, 20. That makes my blood Yeah, 2018, boil. yeah. That doesn't happen anymore, But does that it? person thought yeah. that they were being yeah. helpful to you, to stop she you just, dead in your tracks because this isn't going to be a viable opportunity for you. Yeah, yeah. They and weren't mean probably being malicious, right? They thought they were doing what's best for you. Once again, an able-bodied person dictating that. I couldn't at the time stand up for myself. I was pretty shocked, to be honest, at mm. that point. That did, happened. Yeah. Did you um, send her a postcard of you on Ramsey Street flipping mm. her the bird? <laughs> no, I haven't. You should. <laughs> what's, what's, what's that um, six by nine? Is yeah. that what they call it in the business? Like the headshot? Just yeah. The head a signed one? Oh. Sign one. Send it through and put them on your alumni no, board. Yeah. yeah. So good. See you later. Yes. Um, going back to your disability, mm-hmm. not acting, you have a cochlear implant. Yeah. Does everybody who's hard of hearing or deaf have an option of using a cochlear implant? Or for some people is they're just... No hearing, so there's no point. What was your hearing as a, and when when did you decide to get the implant? Yeah, so um, not everyone's eligible. Okay, um, to get a cochlear implant, it's a it's just a medical thing. I got it when I was two years old. Right, we'll, we'll play in that space about the deaf community later because I know mm-hmm. it's an interesting community to navigate. Yes. yes, and you're smiling when you say that. Excited. Before we get to that, how do your if you know? Yeah, when do you get diagnosed with deafness or hard of hearing? Like, how does your family figure it out as a youngster. Okay, so. Because you can't say back, can't you? No, no, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was sick as a baby. So I was six weeks premature. Okay. And I was just almost two kilos. So I was quite tiny. 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 Yeah, I was Angus very tiny. just became a dad, by the way. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. How, how, living in the world. How, how yes, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Indy was 3.06 kilos, so okay. 6.7 pounds. That's which, almost, and she okay. was a petite baby. Yeah, and that's 33% oh, okay, yeah. bigger. 
living mm. life. Oh, and she was, yeah, yeah, she's quite small. I was nine and a half pounds, poor mum. Oh, Had wow. a big fat tumour hanging oh, off her back, but you know, yeah. didn't help. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, mum. But going back on that, <laughs> little Lindy Rose had a hearing test at two days. Oh, oh really? So this lady yeah. came in, the um, yeah. pediatrician, the the baby doctor. Yes. And she came in with two little tests that she put on her temples. Oh, yeah. And we didn't hear it because it must be some sort of like ultrasonic hearing. Like or a like, dog. Yeah, like a dog, like I a guess, dog or some sort of frequency. And uh, she reacted to both of the sounds. Therefore, that she they knew that she had at that point, you know, full hearing. Oh, cool. So do you know if that was the process your parents went through to find out? Kind of. So when I was three months old, I actually contracted bacterial meningitis. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you were born with hearing, they reckon? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was born with hearing, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I got bacterial meningitis and because my immune system was quite low, so what happened was the doctors told my parents that the meningitis was going to kill me, but this certain um, vaccine uh, would give you a disability. Really? It was going to be blindness, deafness, or cerebral palsy. No way, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. But it saves your life. Yeah, so. Also a chance well, you could not have a disability as well? Or is it guaranteed one of them? Oh, guaranteed. Wow. Yeah, guaranteed, yeah. Yeah, so my parents knew that I was going to develop a disability before I turned one years old. Yep. So they noticed that I wasn't reacting at all. And then, yeah, so that's when they figured they got a hearing test done and all that kind of stuff. And then that's where... It was confirmed that I was deaf. Why did they choose to give you a cochlear ear implant? Uh, talk us through that process. Yeah. And then well, can you also talk through what it is? Because yeah. I can see the physical aspect on the side of yes. your head. Yeah, yeah. Um, but can you talk through both? Correct, yeah, because mm-hmm. people might not know what it is as well. What it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a bionic ear. For example, when you both talk to me, it goes through the microphone and it goes signal to the coil and then it goes through your... Uh, you know, your ear shell. Um, yeah. So my ear hairs are dead. So the wires actually go through that and then that sneak signals through my brain. So the wires go into your ear or into your brain? Into the ear shell, into the ear. And then that yeah. vibrates around the sound and then into your brain. Yeah. Holy crap. Humans yeah. are amazing. That is so cool. The fact yeah. that, yeah. that, that, that you foremost. Mm. And your brain to be able to, with that slight delay, immediately be able to respond. Yeah. And Australians, we talk quick. Yes. I know I speak fast. I mean, yeah. I dribble out of my mouth. It's just one. <laughs> well, how do time. you understand this idiot? This guy, his <laughs> oh, voice no. is at a low octave of like zero. How do you understand what he's saying? Do you find <laughs> yeah. me easy to understand than Dylan? Of course. No, you both are pretty good, I have to say. Oh, okay. You're, you're buttering me up. <laughs> we get we get captions done by Steve as a legend. and. Yeah. He has to correct all the automated captions because mine are dribble. Yeah. Dribble. It's uh, all uh, he, but that's Angus's big thing because he's like, my voice is perfect. Well, my voice, I just, you know, I have a range. Oh, uh, range. Dylan just, oh. G'day, guys. I went to the beach today and down at the beach I saw a dog and then I had lunch and guess what? I'm a tennis champion. It's Dylan Alcock. Good to meet you. He's been on Neighbours, by the way. And I knew Liam Hemsworth on the set of Neighbours. Oh, What I see from the physical aspect, and I'm going to look actually because you've got headphones over and we'll talk about that. I'm actually looking at your Instagram uh, right now. So I'm looking at a photo where you share um, your cochlear implant. So Mm -hmm. there is um, the the mechanism itself that goes behind the ear directly Mm -hmm. and like kind of hugs the curve of your ear. Yeah. What is that part doing? That's just a hold on the ear. Okay, that's a grip. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a little machine 
at the top. Yeah, the co- and that's the coil or wire, like a USB wire, goes towards a little circle. So like here, okay, you're showing us. That's that's the machine. Yeah, the inside. very very top of your ear. Looks yeah, like yeah. a normal hearing aid around the ear. Yep. yep. Yeah, and then back here, this is actually the batteries. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to ask about charging. Oh, charging. About to ask about that. So do you yeah. go to bed and go phone? Yep. Watch charging. Yeah. Charge. No, it's just um, two batteries and they last for three days. And then I just bought new batteries in. That's a nightmare. Like double yeah. A batteries. Well, not double kind a. of pretty much, yeah. Disorable. Really? Yeah. There's yeah. no rechargeable version? <laughs> there is rechargeable batteries, but they only last about 10 hours a day. So yeah, that's it's, more, it's more effort. So at the top of your he- head, just mm-hmm. the coil. The head? Yes, that's the coil. That's the coil. So that's the microphone? No, that's the magnum. Because there's a machine inside my head. Right. So you've so, got behind the, the skin yeah. on the skull or inside That's the, skull. the part that goes into the ear, that vibe. I get the it. The little, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that goes into the ER co- uh, shell. So it's in, your, it's in your head as well at all times. Yeah, yeah. Didn't so there's that. a, I, um, you can't really tell, but there's a scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's from You've got about surgery. a three-inch scar directly above your ear near the, mm-hmm. near the hearing yeah, aid yeah, itself. Yeah, Um, Because back in the days they used to. Cut your whole yeah. head. If you got it today, they, would they still need to do the scar thing, or is it? No, no, it's behind the ear now. Oh. Yeah, it's different now because, like, you know what? These days, technology yeah, oh, gets smaller. Smarter. Could you change, or if you wanted no, to? No, 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 because uh, like my implant inside, I've had really good ninety percent hearing since I was two years old, so I don't need to change at all. We offered you, or Matt, our producer, offered you headphones, and in that mm-hmm. moment, as he handed you the headphones, we I went, intrigued. "Oh God, yeah. we, it was great. what are we doing?" We all here? stopped. We all went, "Are we oh able-bodied idiots?" Mm-hmm. I, even I, even I went, "Oh," because like, he's about know. to hand you what we call over-ear headphones. Overheads like Beats by Dre, or you know those yeah. kind of yes, headphones. Those ones. Yes. So, and then you accepted them and put them on, so yeah. it does help with your hearing. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So overhead headphones are the best option. It's, what's the other one? Earpods. Earpods. Yeah. Hey, before I love earpods personally. Yeah, so no, that's you fair. can't probably sponsor. I can't use it because I'm profoundly deaf, so I don't hear any sound at all. Unless it's outside and the implant gets the sound. Yeah, only uh, it's I only hear through the the coil. Um, the coil. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Good describing well, it hey, as well. Yeah. I Thank feel you. so Thank much you. more knowledge around this. Mm. Yeah, more so than googling. I obviously had to Google it. I'm like, God, this is confusing. But, yeah, but I feel like talking to someone. And being open with other people to talk about their disabilities mm. is so much better. Good on you, Nath. Yeah. Yes, Great. I agree. Do you prefer to have captions when watching the television to kind of like give you help? Yeah. Give your ears a break? Yes, I do. I, I need it 100%. Yeah, well, you do it, need it? Yeah, I need it 100%. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was actually only just recently the seminars have now, you know, supplied captions, which I try to tend to go to. Yeah, as well. Oh, the what? cinemas provide captions, but not on the main yeah, screen. Yeah, it's very rare. Own, do you have your own screen watching the captions, or it's on the main screen? On too? the main screen. What? That's oh, yeah, I know that's that. fantastic. Because yes, it used to be. You have like an yeah. iPad. It's lame, and you well, they hand you an iPad, yeah, and you much. gotta like look yeah, down yeah. and up like this. Honestly, no, no. You just watch the. You just watch. You watch like, the movie on an iPad yeah, it's like in the cinema yeah, it's like with a huge even, screen up there. Yeah, yeah. I'd be the guy throwing popcorn, going, "Turn your phone off." <laughs> so they're um, now doing like select cinema screenings for movies for yeah. people who want to and need the captions. Yeah, yeah, which is great. What's the difference between hearing our voice in this conversation now versus mm. TV volume? See, it's different. I It's funny because I live with my roommate and I will have the TV low because it's like enough. But for her, she's like, I can't even hear it. Ah. Ah. So it's different. So yeah. if it's too loud, does that irritate your ear because of the system? 
Yes, yes, it does. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Even just motorbikes. Oh, oh motorbikes. that's good. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you got nightclubs? Have you ever stepped foot in a nightclub? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, can you turn yeah. the volume down? Yeah, yeah sorry. There's an app on my phone and I… Oh. <laughs> so if you're at a techno gig or whatever, mm. you can turn it down if it's real big bass or whatever it is. Yeah, just it's 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 like a, just a like one a sound, yeah. one sound thing. Yeah. Okay, so you just bring it down. So what volume do you sit at yeah, comfortably at the right moment, now? It is on six. Okay, okay. and there's ten. And you're at a nightclub. What are you on? I still leave at six because yeah, you love like, you love the sound. You like dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're going to see you know, exactly, yeah. old Grandma Maver who speaks with a quiet voice, you might ramp it up to a seven or something like that. Do you know what? Six is actually a really good level for me you for everything in general. To be honest, okay. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You always, you seem comfortable with your disability now. I mean, you're yeah. an actor, which I love, and maybe you aren't and maybe you're acting. But talk us through growing up. Obviously, you have a non-physical disability that has a physical aspect of it because it sits outside um, your head, yeah. the implant, so you can see it. Yeah. How did you go coming to terms with the person that you were? It was interesting because in primary school, you know, as kids, you all accept each other. Um, but then when I got to high school, that was very difficult. Um, I had good friends who were supportive and then I had a lot of people who didn't accept me in that way. What, what kind of stuff happened? Uh, they would um, hurt me um, and just a lot of names um, like robot, dead ears, that kind of thing. So in high school it was really hard mm. for me to accept my disability because everyone, well, sorry, not everyone, but the bullies would always make me feel like it was not okay. And these are formative years of development physically and emotionally and mentally. So this mm. is it's such an important time of your life to develop skills and mm. love yourself. Did you find it tough to come to terms with your own disability in those moments when people are potentially, I'm asking the question, mm. making you take steps back in your progress? Yes, definitely in high school for sure, yeah. But yeah. once I finished high school, I started to, you know, accept it and I started to obviously love it and owned it and, because I think in high, when you get out of high school, you start to become who you are and your own person. So, yeah, that's when I started to really accept it. It's amazing that when you look back after you finish high school to just think, wow, I was stuck in a bubble. Yeah. Like yes. nothing else mattered except for that moment. And then yes. you just have to take one step out of the school grounds for the final time to go, oh, really none of it mattered. And yes. there was so much outside support for anything. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if, if you've got a disability but you're just yeah. so in it in the moment in high school. It means everything to you yeah. until it means nothing in mm. one moment in that yeah and i had very supportive um integration aids as well um oh good was, as well i was going to ask about that an integration mm. aid i had one at school that helped yeah. you you know to get over your accessibility limitations at school you so know some a real person seeing yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Uh, every classroom so what did yeah. you what i was about to ask how did yeah. you learn because not yeah. all teachers are quick to update on skills, they go, oh, this is a, I'm busy enough and now I've got a kid who's deaf, this is yeah. a nightmare. So yeah. that's it. That's yeah, yeah. with me. Oh, we're going to move classrooms? Oh, Dylan, oh, I've already booked this one. Oh, so I'm yeah. sorry. What do you want to do, walk? <laughs> um, so, yeah, how did you get through that? What, what did you use? Um, oh, I don't explain it. Like I had, um, well, FMs as well with the teacher so I could listen to the teacher. That's cool. So there's a little yeah. microphone at the front? He yeah. A hearing yeah. loop. A hearing yeah, loop? A, yeah, yeah. So I would have one and okay. like a little machine. And then the teacher would have one, so it's like a signal kind of thing. But I did rely a lot on the integration aid, on a lot of like homework and all that kind of stuff, what I've missed, what I didn't hear. Mm. Yeah. If the other kids are out there like, hey, you know, Samantha, 
what's that answer? And Samantha would say, you can't hear that because Samantha's not mic'd up. So because I can't hear out of my ears, I can only hear on the right side because of the cochlear implant. Oh, yeah. And I don't hear on the left oh side. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just, and I yeah. know this is stupid, I thought yeah. you had hearing in your left ear, even though I know no. you don't. Yeah. Because your, your cochlear's only on the right. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Guess what? Me too. So the left side of your headphone right now is completely useless. Yes. So if someone chops my left ear off, it's okay. I don't use it. I mean, it looks great though, so keep it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. yeah. If you've yeah. got an answer coming from the left-hand side, mm. we're getting zero. Yeah. Um, you, you, you got out of school and did you have that thirst for your career in acting at school? Was something that happened at school that gave you that desire? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I did drama classes and stuff like that. So, But I didn't think of it as a career though. I just did it for fun. And then... Yeah, so once it got to year 12, that's when you know how they pressure you about your career. Mm. And then that's when… Career counsellors. Yes, those Mm. ones. Um, Yeah, and then that's where I decided to do acting. Funny we play in the career counsellor space. Whenever I met with a career counsellor, they had the look of death on their face. Ghost. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Because, like, I felt bad for them. They were sweating. Oh, my God, what a good… Like, it was like the worst hour of their year. Yeah. Was it similar for you? Did you have help, support? When I got kicked out of that school, that teacher did send me to a, a careers coordinator hmm. and that went really horrible. Yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah. You just get passed around. They, they think you're doing you a favour mm. and you go to the new person and they're like, I got no idea as well. And mm. you're like, cool. Well, I just got booted out of there. Mm. It, it's a lack of support, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yes. How did yeah. you find your voice? Do you know what your voice sounds like? Do you hear yourself back? How, how does yeah. it yeah, yeah, you have I, to yeah, find yeah. a voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I do hear myself. Um, so when I got the cochlear implant, I couldn't speak at all. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to um, speak. And I had a lot of um, speech training at the Royal Ione Hospital. And um, I was there every week doing lots of training. And I'm only going off Deaf You, which is <laughs> a, a Netflix series about uh, a deaf college. Yeah. Um, but there is this thing around using your voice, not using your voice, using your true voice being, you know, mm. Auslan's sign yes. language. Let's, yeah, we should need to play in that space because yeah. if you have a cochlear ear, you're wrong and if you sign, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Are you involved in that kind of chat? Like do you know much about it? Um, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard topic because everyone in the deaf community are different. You know, some communicate through Auslan only or speech only or they do both. So everyone has a different experience. People believe that your voice is using sign language and that's the mm. true form of being deaf. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of like this, yeah, they, they, they portray it as a hierarchy. It's like judgmental. Yeah, yeah and like mm. using your voice is seen as dirty and like, oh, like you, you want to use your voice? No, mm. we're, we're special and we're different. <laughs> Did you struggle with the deaf community about, you know, that um, aspect of things? Is that an actual thing, what we're saying? Yes, no, it is. It is okay. a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. Um, like I said, like some people agree with cochlear implants, some agree to have speech or not, or only communicate through Auslan. It's it's I, for me, it's a hard topic because there's so it's it's it is a very sensitive topic. So mm. I think it's just hard to kind just of talk, talk through your own experiences. Don't yeah, speak yeah. on behalf of other yeah. people. Okay. Um, for me, I've found speech for me personally really helpful because of the life I grew up, because when you get deafness, sometimes it can be from like genetics and my obviously wasn't. So it was just all, you know, my family, I was involved around a hearing family. Mm. But again, that's when two years ago I started to learn 
Auslan because I wanted to really start getting involved to communicate through Auslan, you know, with the other deaf people. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I run a music festival called Ability Fest where, yeah. you know, it's accessible for all people, mm-hmm. disability or not, just yeah. like Splendor or Beyond the Valley. But we have added accessibility features. And one thing we wanted to do was we have Auslan sign on every stage for every lyric. And it was so funny. I, he won't mind me telling this story, but a no, good no, mate no. of mine, Zane, okay. who I met at a festival, he yeah. didn't tell me this one became friends, but I went to his wedding and he's signing. I'm going, oh. what the hell, what are you signing for? He goes, my parents are profoundly deaf. And like that, most people would come up and be like, i got disabled parents, but he kind of left it out and we became friends first and then he told oh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, don't do the sign on stage. It's just tokenistic and lame. No oh. one will enjoy it. And I was like, really? I was like, oh. I was like, interesting. I was like, didn't think of that. Anyway, no. I'm like, come to my festival. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. And yeah. credit to me, he goes, that's effing cool. He's like, I've never seen that. Yeah. And I changed my mind about it. Yeah. But he taught, he warned me. He was like, go for it, bro. But deaf yeah. community can be a minefield sometimes. Mm-hmm. Some people might tell you, don't it, what are you? Mm. Other people might love it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to, I guess, hear your side of it. Um, yeah. But it's interesting you want to learn Auslan too because I think you might feel a bit of that pressure or want to – be inclusive of everyone in your community. Yes. yes, I do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always, like I said, been brought up with speech only. And yeah, it was just only just two years ago, I really felt like I needed to step more into the community. And that was by starting to learn Auslan. Is that because you're in the public eye? Do you think is that why you want to be a bit of a leader in that space? Or um, did you always have a bit of desire? Well, I guess oh, I haven't really been in the public eye. Two years ago, I wasn't. Yeah, true, of course. Yeah, true. That's true. What are some of the triumphs and tribulations of being an actor who is deaf with a cochlear implant? Has there been moments that it's been beneficial for you? I mean, apart from the fact of landing a gig on Neighbours, but have there been moments where you've had to uh, stop a scene because you've missed a cue? No, I'm pretty confident to step up if, like, something's not working for me. Um it's usually like when the set gets loud and usually that's when I, it's usually the directors I'll ask to like repeat for mm. them to repeat themselves because, ah. you know, when camera's off, it's loud. But I'm pretty adaptable, you know what I mean? I don't get frustrated or anything. I just, I don't know, I just, I'm pretty easy. I've heard Dr. Carl's huge at discrimination. I heard he's um, deliberately being bullying you on set. Is that true? Can you... Uh... <laughs> Susan and Dr. Carl and racist, I heard. You're an idiot. <laughs> Daily, <laughs> Daily Mail. Uh, yeah. Listen, I will podcast. What's his name? Fletcher. Oh, I love him. Alan Fletcher. Alan Fletcher. Legend. Legend. He's a, a great guy. Yeah, he is. He awesome. dropped off a treadmill at his house when I was about 10. <sighs> it's my dad used to sell treadmills. So I went to oh, Dr. Carl Kennedy. I was very excited. Oh. Have you ever turned down your hearing aid for, to benefit you? Have you ever just been in a boring lecture at school? Aeroplane. Just want to go to sleep. Yes. And you just, oh, that's what I do. Get the app results. out. Put it on one. Relax. I remember I was going to Queensland and for my sister's wedding and um, there was a baby crying. I was like, oh, mm. baby crying next yeah. to yeah. you the plane. Hey, yeah, that's the ultimate I mean, noise cancelling headphones. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You probably miss food service. A little bit of a bummer, but, you know, pros and cons. What about when you go into that silence and on the app turn it down to one or zero, mm-hmm. do you still hear something? Yeah, like it's just like a little like a humming or something like that, like an atmosphere? It's still the same, but just like low. Okay. Like it's just more lower. What about with music? Do you get to experience music the same yes. way that I do or do you not know if you do or don't experience it the same way? I think I do because like I always get the same 
beats at the same time oh. as my, you know, hearing friends. Yeah. Um, you saying you're a good dancer? <laughs> I think you were. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a shimmy in the shoulders there. Yeah. Okay. I actually can Bluetooth from my phone with the music and that's where I can hear the music much better with like the beats oh and stuff. Oh my God, you've got like a UE boom access. Bluetooth, yeah. So instead of... Well, go send- straight into your cochlear ear, the music. Yeah, yeah, on my phone. So Bluetooth. Oh, it's so good, yeah. Sick. So you don't have headphones that go straight to your – it's like you've got a headphone in permanently. Yeah, yeah, so I don't have to wear headphones anymore. Inbuilt speaker system. So yeah. you listen to Drake's new mixtape and we'd have no idea about it. Literally. Wow. Yeah. There's a learning, right? There. It's so good. It's so good. It's That's like my sick. own club. You yeah. a club in your head. And if you go one of those silent discos, you're the only one without the headphones. Everyone's like, oh, he's missing that. You're like, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm missing the beat, baby. Literally. And um, I can do it with – Phone calls as well. Oh, my so, gosh. Which is really cool, but it's really funny because, like, if I'm walking down. You've got no microphone to speak back And into no it. headphones that are visible in your oh, earpods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's so funny. I would literally just have my phone in my hand and then I will, like, you know, just talk, walk down the street or at a grocery shop and I'm, you know, talking to say yeah. to mum, for example. And I swear, I swear people think, like, I'm on hardcore drugs because yeah. – I'm like literally just talking and they're like, Wait, this is amazing. If I look in Bluetooth right now, can I hook up to your Bluetooth? No. Oh, oh you got to press the button. It's my phone. Oh, it's my phone. Sorry. Like, sorry. Just press the button. Uh, Hello, Nathan. <laughs> have you, named, have you named your, have you changed the name of it to My Ear Plan? You know? What's it called? Yeah, the, oh, no, it's the Cochlear app. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's the same. So the one I said about the volume and it's the same. It's a very, um. it's got that. heaps on it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I can't be like, Hello, Nathan. I'm in your head. I do. I do have <laughs> no, an idea. Dylan, no, no. Nathan, go with me and tell me: mm. Can you see a flaw in this plan? Who wants to be a millionaire? Let's cheat. We go. We sit down in the hot seat across from Eddie. Okay. I'm at home. I can hear. Or next door, whatever. Right, wherever. Mm. I get the question. Bang, Google, and I send it back to you in a phone call. You would get the answer. Would they know? Can you see any sort of flaw in this plan? For us to cheat the system. Well, we could, we can do that, okay. but it's just me and Eddie. Yep. Yeah. I, I wouldn't able to hear Eddie him. can't hear two things. You can yes. only hear the one oh, input. Oh, we can't do a 50-50 yes, split. No. no. But I could, I'm, I can read his lips. You can I lip could, read. I could lip read, but, and I think but if you walk, B looks away. The question's in front of you on a plasma screen, a little iPad oh. with the options. You can, re- you can read and re-repeat what he's read to you. You can be like. Oh yeah. yeah, which country has the biggest coastline? Oh Australia, Canada. Should we should we get started on this? That's not trivia night at the pub. We'll start there. Start yes. there so and we we'll take over. Mm. But this is like things that you live with and you don't understand is such a revelation for us with that implant. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, no, it's good. cool. What great technology. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gone really far. Like when I first got it, mm. I had to carry it. No way. Mm. I had to carry it. Like yeah. a backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Like in my little strap. Mum used to make straps for me and I had to carry it as a kid. With the batteries mostly or? The, yeah, the cochlear. Antenna, yeah, and the then it would thing. just. So it would attach, be around your ear, go down into under your shirt? Or yeah. you'd have it over your shirt? Oh, uh, it depends. Okay. Um, and yeah, it would have like a box on my back and I'll carry it, which felt obviously at the time very heavy. But now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now before we get to our bowl of uncomfortable, okay. i got to ask, and I love your Instagram because you're very openly mm. proud about going on Neighbours. Like yes. it meant a lot to you. Yeah. Just talk us through that first day on set. Like as yeah. someone with a disability, they mm. got a lot better at diversity, yes. Neighbours and Home and Away, but they weren't great back in the day. Mm. It, it's a big step, man. Like what yeah. does that mean to you? 
Oh, you know, it was so surreal on my first day, you know. I um, had to do a scene with Annie Jones and Jackie Woburn, which was kind of scary. But What are um, their characters? What are characters names, sorry? Oh, sorry, Susan Kennedy. Oh, yeah. And Jane Harris. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Superstars. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and obviously first day was so surreal because I was like, oh, my God, where am I doing? Because I was during COVID, so everyone had masks, but everyone was great. Everyone took their mask off when they spoke to me. Does lip reading for you just confirm what you're hearing? Yes. So, like, if, when I'm listening and I'm fine, but if it gets to a point where I'm like, oh, now I'm not sure what, what I'm hearing voice. and then I'll... <laughs> mm-hmm. I understand. You're so mean to your friend. Yeah, you, oh, you have no idea you the are, one-sided conversation. You oh. are so mean to oh, me. Gosh. All I do is support you, Angus. Do you know if the set grippers, cameramen, yes. catering were all told prior to your arrival of your disability? Yes, yes. Um, and there obviously some people, because it's such a fast-paced show, and then there would be some um, I would ask just to take your mask down as okay. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on your question, though, as well, you know, I'm very, obviously, very proud of my role. You know, I really hopes, I really do hope this role really pushes and opens and breaks barriers for people with disabilities. And even yeah. your own career. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you want to go, you want to be Margot Robbie. Definitely. Yeah, you want to be Hollywood, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully there's opportunities there. And we're only three months into this. Imagine what the future holds. Yeah. It's a beacon, Listen, man. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Ball of uncomfortable time. Now, Nathan, I'm not sure if you listen to our podcast. I have. But people send us questions that they don't feel comfortable asking that person with a disability in person. They rely it through us. We are nothing but a mouthpiece for the questions. I think we have two. Do you have one? Yeah, I got one after you though. Uh, my okay. one is. I'm nervous. <laughs> do you think it's discrimination if okay. they were to give the same role you're in to someone who's able-bodied under the term they're acting? It is discriminating because they don't have obviously – the lived experience of what it's like to go through being as a deaf person. But yep. what if you were given an opportunity um, to act, not even about your uh, deafness or disability, yeah. but mm-hmm. you get an opportunity, there's an amazing role for you to play a transgender person. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in a big movie, huge budget, next to some A-list stars. We think you're perfect for the role you've auditioned mm-hmm. for, it. you've got it. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I would say no because it's not appropriate. Not true representation, is it? Yes, mm-hmm. and I feel like... If I want people to give me respect, then I have to give respect to the other communities as well. It's a good uh, answer, brother. Last bowl of uncomfortable. Toadfish Rebecca, legend or dickhead? No, he's a legend. Okay, he's hilarious. Okay. No, he's hilarious. I thought he lost his cred when he lost his ponytail, but he's still no, got it. He looks, All right. Yes. No, no he's hilarious. Right. No, um, oh, he's so funny. Yeah, he's yeah. A, and he's an actual sweetheart. He's a legend. Yeah, 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 Just, yeah. hey, we didn't ask. we got to send him in. So <laughs> that's, that's obviously from Dylan. <laughs> Uh, a big thank you to Nathan Borg, thank an actor you. on the Nate, rise. You were awesome, man. That yeah, was really you. informative, but awesome to hear your story. And I'm really excited to see what happens. Yes, thank you. I might thank even you, tune in to Channel 11. Channel 11. No, 10, 10, Peach. 10 Peach. 10 Peach. 10 Peach. That's how far out of the loop I am. Yeah. I'm 10. going 10 Peach, baby. Also, yeah. shout out to my friend uh, Charlotte Chimes, who's on Neighbours yes. with You, good friends of Chantel. Yes. I had to mention her in the podcast, otherwise she would have been very dirty. <laughs> You're my new favourite Neighbours person. Don't tell her that, but obviously. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't tell Charlie, though. I, I like Woo. that. <laughs> uh, Nathan, uh, if people want to get you, what socials can they find you on? It is Nathan underscore Borg. Thank you for coming on Listenable. Thank you for having me. Can you be honest with me, Dylan? While you've been travelling, uh, you you know, your French Open, your Wimbledon, 
Did you listen to any of the episodes? RJ Mitty, part of RJ Mitty for sure, because I missed it because oh, yeah. we tried to rec- we tried to record that one once. What happened? It's a very funny story with RJ Mitty that, yeah, we haven't shared. So we, on a Saturday, came into the radio studio and sat in a studio for an hour from 11am till 12pm waiting for him to come on the Zoom call and it never happened. Uh, and then, hello, Sauce, as well, to Dylan's dog. <laughs> and That's my dog. Uh. <laughs> when we could reorganise that interview, you were overseas, so I had to do it solo. And then I rocked up to the interview late. <laughs> Bit of payback. Oh, you never told me that. I thought it was 10.30am and it was on a 10, and uh, I rocked up at 17 past after Beth, our producer, said, are you going to jump on this call? Because I'm just small chatting with Walter White Jr. on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> That was um, very good. Do you reckon he, got a, he gets away with he gets a pass because he is a Hollywood superstar? Oh, I was pretty flat when he stood us up. Do you know what? He, yeah, I was pretty flat that he stood us up, but he was fantastic in the interview and he was yeah, yeah, generous, he was. Oh, he lovely. Was he was giving. Yeah. He was very good, yeah. So um, I think he made up for it by being a great guest. And before we do play you a little snippet of the next episode of Listen Able, it does come with a trigger warning. It will tell the story of somebody who tried to end their life. So, of course, Lifeline is always there on 13 11 14. And please turn off if this affects you. Um, my name's Laura McDonough and I'm a 23-year-old girl from Melbourne. Um, I'm a bilateral baloney amputee as a result of a suicide attempt. Um, when I was 19, I tried to end my life by jumping in front of a train. It's a different story and one we've never told or thought to tell until Loz contacted us. So that story will be told on the next episode. And once again, there'll be another warning at the top. So as to remind you of the content of the interview. Until then, stay safe. And Dylan listening in hotel quarantine. Love you, brother. Can't wait to have a beer. Listen Able was presented by Dylan Orcott and Angus O'Loughlin. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Produced by Beth Gibson. We also hire people with disability, including Stephen Tower, who does our captions for YouTube. And our awesome theme song is made by Eliza Hull. Listener.